0: 26, 2018 and I'm here with Ian Seldon from Yuping and we're going to be talking about, uh, the project that he's developing. Uh, so I'd like to welcome everyone to the Bounty Zero X podcast and, uh, we'll start from here. So Ian, would you like to give a brief uh, introduction about, uh, the Yuping project? Sure. Okay. So
1: Yuping is a slight play on words. Um, The idea behind the project is we allow everyone to set their digital communication preferences. So, for example, before I call, someone or send an email. You ping them to see if they will accept that call or email or not. Um, Sometimes they will. They've whitelisted you and therefore you go straight through. They might have blocked you, in which case you can't or they might have uh, requested that you pay a small, potentially refundable fee. Now, all of those three things are very important because what they give to digital communication is control to the person who is being called the recipient. Um, You might be aware that things like email have been built on a very insecure protocol, so it's very easy to send stuff um, from someone who's not the real sender. And that leads to lots of problems with fraud, etc. And all we're trying to do is put in a um, user preference service using uh, this great blockchain and smart contracts technology, which allows us to give assurance within the communication industry and make everything a lot more um, secure and uh, robust for the actual uh, recipient themselves.
0: Yeah, that sounds like a great idea. Um, I mean, I can... Speak from my experience that, and I'm sure many other people can, that you know, spam emails and uh, are a, a big issue. And so I love the idea of being able to uh, have a solution for that. And it seems like your solution is a unique uh, way to uh, create incentives uh, using mon- monetary incentives to uh, give uh, incent- uh, give the receiver and the sender. Uh, uh. It's like a contract, isn't it, between the two of them.
1: So I guess what we're trying to get, if I was to try and send you an email, for example, and you didn't know who I was, you might say, okay, you, you will accept emails, but only if someone risks a pound to contact you. So I would then receive that from the protocol that says, you know, Angelo's willing to receive an email, but only if I risk a pound. It's then up to me to decide whether I want to risk that pound or not. The great thing about that is spam is only effective because it's free. As soon as you introduce a potentially refundable, maybe even a lot smaller fee, then it becomes uneconomical to send it. And you're absolutely right; you, you know, everyone gets spam, and also everyone gets cold calls. Um, once we get that in place, actually, it goes on to some really interesting stuff that maybe will come out later. But you know, digital content—if uh, you're a producer of digital content, again, you can charge someone for consuming it. So the knowledge economy really benefits from putting the recipient in control of whether they will accept people's communication or whether they want to charge a fee or whether they want to block them or not.
0: Yeah. It, it, so do you think that email will be the the use case, and at least initially, where we'll see Absolutely. this... Uh, yeah, it's,
1: it's the low-hanging fruit. It's such an easy one to solve. You know, an email, it receives, you know, we get it on our servers. We can do a quick look up, and we can just bounce it straight back again. And then if the person uh, who receives the the bounce email will look at that and realize they then have to sign up for ping to then decide whether they want to take it further or not. And to do so, they would then need to put some crypto into an account, which is used effectively of this... uh potentially refundable fee, which we put into an escrow service.
0: Um, so on that point, the fee um, is in crypto. So can any ERC-20 token be used for that or only a certain token?
1: So we're looking at partnering up with um, some of the big uh, players who allow easy exchange, but really it's it's our token that's used. Uh, we've got a utility token that unlocks the API um, now, we want to make that as easy to get to as possible, but the whole point of making that our token is it protects anyone who wants to purchase the utility token because there will be a finite number. And therefore, obviously, as this grows, there will be more demand for that, and we hope, therefore, our early investors certainly get the discounted um, emails or phone calls or uh, content consumption using our token before they go out and start uh, are getting more expensive.
0: Yeah, so for anyone listening I encourage you to take a look in more detail into the utility token. You guys have a white paper which goes into the specifics of the uh the utility token itself and uh how that works, right?
1: That's right, yeah. Yeah. And if, if there's any any questions, obviously people can get to us uh, all of the informations on the uh, the website, so any clarification we can uh, respond.
0: So, now um, tell me a little bit about your uh, background and where the idea came from for Yuping and uh, what motivated you to uh, launch the product
1: Okay, uh, so my background is software engineering um, I actually uh, left school and joined the Ministry of Defence and uh, did a trade and then I went out to university and then into the commercial world and for the last twenty. Uh, two years, I ended up as a consultant or contractor in the investment banks, writing high scalability, low t- latency trading systems for a living. Um, I've also always been a, a little bit of an entrepreneur and investor in different things, and I'd come up with uh, several ideas. One of which was I was sick and tired of getting spam, um, and I wrote some things uh, that you could put into, let's say. Uh, a famous email provider's rules which would bounce emails unless they had a certain header and that header contained a unique uh, UID, UUID. Um, and it was just a way of controlling that if that wasn't in the header, then I didn't trust it was being sent to me and therefore I could bounce it. And that was the kind of the early idea. When blockchain and smart contracts came along, it was just, it just an ideal, it was a technology I was looking for Probably eight years ago. Um, so all of a sudden, I, I, you know, the idea just said, "Well, I've now got the technology that I can develop this idea that I was working on eight years ago, really struggling with rules in email clients to uh, to achieve." So that's where it all came from.
0: Yeah, it makes a lot of sense, and it seems like the cryptocurrency uh, and blockchain uh, ecosystem uh, would fit into this nicely because. Um uh, I guess prior to that it would be a lot more complicated with uh having to onboard uh, payment processors for the the fee and so we we didn't even yeah
1: we we didn't even um, introduce a, a penalty fee at that point; it was purely effectively these large randomly generated numbers that would be uh included in the header of the email that was sent that we'd then look at and if it wasn't there, we knew it what didn't come from someone that we trusted if it was there and it didn't match one and it wasn't trusted. The only problem is obviously over a certain amount of time that could be intercepted and therefore we had to have this periodic re- uh, calculation of all of these numbers and therefore it's this massive hash map that everyone had to maintain. As soon as blockchain came along, well, that was great because all of a sudden people would, and certainly crypto, you'd have an account. Um, and therefore when you've got an account, it's all about uh public and private key encryption so we've now got a way of the sender signing something uh, the recipient creating or signing something else uh, creating what we call a JWT a jot it's a fairly standard technology in in the the web world Uh, and once you've got those two things you've got an assurance you're being contacted by someone because they must have signed that message so we know who they are the recipient creates the JWT that cannot be tampered with when the sender gets it back, and then the sender then can decide. Uh, We also send that through to our escrow service, so if they decide to proceed, we've already got the record that we can then um, put in that uh, fee um, into the escrow service that could be refunded if the recipient is happy to receive the email, and that's where it developed.
0: So... uh can you give me a brief uh, uh, idea or vision of how you see this being implemented for users on the, for like the, so we, uh, in the case of email, for example, let's say uh, I'm a spammer and I send you an email. Uh, I would then be notified uh, via my email client that uh, the receiver has a, uh, And protection, I guess. And protection and that in order for the email to go through I would need to uh fund my uh account and uh put in escrow of a certain amount of tokens. And then once I do that, only then will my email uh be received by you. Correct. And then I can decide do
1: I still want to accept that email? You know, you've paid the fee, I'll at least read it now. If it looks like it's you know, a marketing email that I'm not interested in, I'll probably just keep the money and do nothing with it or even blacklist you to say if you send me another one, you won't even get a chance for it to come through. If it's something I'm interested in, I'll whitelist you and you get refunded your uh, tokens. So the whole premise on this is there are three outcomes. I'll accept your correspondence, I'll reject it, or I'll... Um, accept it if you pay a fee and that's the protocol it's a very simple and fast protocol um, but like I say it's ideal because we're now in uh, public private key encryption
0: yeah I mean it's a great idea and like I said I think this is uh, an extremely useful product and I think a lot of people will, will uh, see a lot of benefit from it I know personally I would uh, use it and, uh, and think it would be really helpful um, yeah, and we're kind of hoping that we might get partners
1: involved with this, because that's really where we get the advantage. So a partner in a who, let's say, created an email client or server, could offer that as a value add to you. Uh, the way we've uh, got it at the moment is if a partner comes along, um, let's say an email client that implements our protocol, um, you would keep 70% of that fee that was risked. And the partner would keep up to 30%. So they benefit. They've got a new revenue stream. You're happy because you've got security around who's contacting you uh, and potentially a revenue stream. You know, knowledge workers, you could set up helplines, for example, without having to pay a um, communications provider now. It's all within your own remit to charge what you want. So knowledge economy can grow. Partners can earn new revenue. And uh, hopefully we'll get a lot more robust
0: uh, digital communication. So have you guys started working with industry partners and uh, have you signed any partnership agreements with uh, uh, email or telephony providers?
1: No, we're very, very uh, new. So what we're working on at the moment is um, Little Alpha, um, which we're going to put out there, which is our servers, which are going to demonstrate how it works. Hopefully, at that stage, we'll be um, introduce some more uh, people in the communication industry, and once they can see it, they'll realise it's very simple to add it to their uh, software or their products, and that's hopefully where we'll see um, uh, more rapid industry uptake of it.
0: So, in the most obvious case, and I think Gmail is the most used email client. So, for Gmail, would you need to partner with Gmail? Or would you just be able to build, like, an extension that end users could install um, in their browser? Uh, like, for example, I, there are some other in-app uh, extensions that work with Gmail, like Boomerang. So is this a type of tool that could be um, uh, installed directly by the end user, or is it something that needs to be installed? Uh, Uh, enabled through a partnership with Google directly?
1: Um, I'd need to take a look at uh, each of the email clients and work out whether it's possible to um, use the integration software. Um, Obviously, the partners themselves to do it um, would be far better. Um, Because don't forget there's several API calls that need to take place um, there's a certain amount of caching that we can put in place that you would potentially lose from the client um, so I think what we'd need to do is we'll get our um, alpha ready so that people can actually see it uh, working and then it would be a case of having those discussions but we'd also um, start looking at if there, are, if there are better ways of integrating
0: um, Yeah, sounds good so tell me about uh, your team now. Uh, I see that you guys have uh, a talented group of individuals who are working on this. Uh, how many people are, are working with you? So we've got a team of seven
1: technologists at the moment. Now they're still in kind of part-time phase. We really need to get our pre-token sale going to get some of them uh, dedicated full-time. So the idea is, I mean, these guys are – you know, uh, very senior trading system developers. That's what they do. They obviously earn a lot of money doing that, and therefore we need to have a certain budget to be able to tempt these uh, excellent coders in, which is what we need to really uh, push on with the system. So the team itself is uh, mainly part-time. There's uh, three of us full-time on it. Um, we want to get the seven devs working full-time, so that means we can then really start delivering the, the products. We've got quite a lot to do by Q2, so we're going to have to do that probably partially part time initially. Um, but again, this is the great thing about ICOs. You know, if you've got a genuine product that you want to take to market, these, it's, it's like a breath of fresh air. You know, all of the hoops you have to jump over for VCs, ICOs take you directly to people who want to invest, who want to return. We want to get on and that's what we're looking forward to. You know, we've got this great team ready to go. It's just enabling it.
0: So for anyone listening right now, if you want to get involved and you like the idea of Uping and the problem that they're solving, um, Uping has uh, launched a bounty campaign on uh, bounty0x.io. Uh, there are currently uh, approximately ten bounties on the Bounty Zero X platform posted by UPing. Um, and the bounties consist of uh, white paper validation, um, Reddit posting articles, uh translation of your white paper, uh preparation of original content about U and posting it on various websites. Um, so if there are people listening and who have uh an interest in participating with, uh, you and helping the team out, um, they can go ahead and go over to alpha.bounty0x.io where they can, uh, apply and make submissions for some of the bounties that are currently available, um, uh, and, uh, rewards obviously are being offered by, by you ping in the form of, uh, YPNG tokens. So, um, on that note, the tokens, uh, how many tokens are you guys uh, planning to create in the uh, crowd sale and or the, the uh, ICO? A uh, total, it's how many a, tokens will be created, generated?
1: In, in total, there's going to be eight hundred million. Okay. Now, when you think about that, the number of emails that people send a year, the number of calls they send a year, um, the amount of people who consume electronic content, there's you know eight hundred million is quite a small number, but obviously we've got the Decimal places there So I guess that's all we're trying to encourage That you know Now's a great time to get involved Because uh, we really want this to start being used And those tokens then become uh, Quite interesting
0: Yeah So I um, mean I think the point you are raising That there's 800 million tokens But there are p- potentially billions of emails That are sent every day And so one might ask, well, how can you have enough tokens for everyone to use uh, when sending emails? And, you know, obviously with that, there is the uh, point that you can, you know, break down the tokens into multiple decimal spaces. So it's not that each transaction has to have one token associated with it. It could have .0000 tokens uh, in a transaction.
1: That's correct. And don't forget they're going to... Um sweep between different parties so for example i might send you an email and i have to risk a token you then have that or at least most of that token um in five weeks time you might have sent something to someone else and then they send some to me and therefore the tokens circulate um it's a nice way that they um they exist and they wash around the place um but obviously get them now and uh, you you've got a nice holding um, as the system then develops and they become more and more uh, desired
0: Right, so um, the tokens are going to be available for uh, people who participate in the ICO and your ICO will have a hard cap and a soft cap of, of how much and what stage are you currently in now in terms of the pre-sale
1: Okay, so we're in the uh, pre-token offer and we're uh, only going up to 50 million tokens um, we offer some quite good uh, discounts the more that you buy um, so please take a look at the website uh, register, have a look because um, it will tell you um, where you are there but again only 50 million which equates to 5 million dollars we're, we're tying it to uh, dollars, because we, we don't want to be in the position where, you know, the underlying Bitcoin or Ethereum is fluctuating. It's easier for people to, I think, to think about it as 10 wiping coins equals $1. So they equal 10 cents. We do the conversion for you, keep it nice and simple. Um, and then you know when you've hit um, a barrier that gives you a better um, discount. Uh, So $5 million total raise, that's what we uh, hope to achieve in our pre-token offer. And then we go into the main token sale. Uh, We'd like to be in the main token sale when we're out in Dubai uh, in April. Um, Talking to industry peers, talking to some great investors will be there as well. Um, And we'd raise another, uh, we'd put another 450 million tokens, uh, make them available then and the rest we're going to hold back just in case the market needs some uh, dilution. So if we're finding that someone's uh, acquired a lot of tokens then we'll drip feed another maximum 50 million in over the course of the next 4 years.
0: So the remaining approximately 300 million are retained by Upin. Correct. Yes. And there are there any uh uh limitations on the retained uh 300 million tokens by uping in terms of vesting or are they all immediately available following the uh token creation event exactly that so we wait a full calendar year
1: before we could put in a maximum of 50 million and then another full calendar year before another 50 million so it just means that we we might not it's really down to um are the tokens in the marketplace you know available or not, um, because what we don't want to do obviously is have people struggling to find tokens at a reasonable price to be able to send emails. We just need to until the system beds down, have a little bit of wiggle room uh, to make sure the the market's working efficiently
0: yeah, so uh, did you mention this during the so the current sale? the pre sale is ongoing, and it ends on what date that ends on the seventh of March so not too long. Mm-hmm. And then the there, there'll be a month between then and the beginning of the main sale.
1: That's correct, yes. Yeah. So we'll probably kick off the main sale in April and we'll run that for um, 30 days. And in the middle of that, obviously, we're out uh, uh, exhibiting.
0: Mm-hmm. And the main sale has a hard cap of how much and a soft cap of how much? So the soft
1: cap, we're only um, limiting to... Uh, $1 million, so of those 10 million tokens. Now, we might surpass that as we go through the uh, pre-token sale. We hope so. Um, once we go into the main ICO, again, the hard cap is 450 million tokens or $45 million. So, you know, obviously we're, we're hoping to achieve um, a fairly good investment because it means then that we can launch our product and move very quickly out of alpha, beta, and then get our full um, uh, mail servers going. And that's what we're going for, you know, the uh, low-hanging fruit. But at that point, we can then demonstrate the APIs to, uh, let's say, the telco industry and see if uh, they're interested in helping us stop cold calls, nuisance calls, all of those kind of things.
0: Yeah, I mean, I would get, I imagine that, it would be a fairly uh, good value proposition to them, and uh, you could reach out to a number of service providers in various countries. and uh, Absolutely. If, for them, as you said, they could increase their revenue, and uh, it would be a benefit to a lot of their cu- customers to have this service.
1: It just puts the control to the user. So if I'm, let's say, a small business and I want to charge... Let's go for the telco option. Um, I'm happy to uh, set up, let's say, a help desk, but I'd expect people to pay £15 to call us, because that then pays for my help desk staff. Then the person can determine whether it's worth calling, you know, uh, and therefore you, a lot of help desks now take a lot of calls which needn't be made, and they're actually uh, subsidizing a lot of just upset people. Um, and therefore, that might filter out some of that for them. But if you put it in control of the uh, the business rather than them just having to take out a premium rate number where the telco makes a small amount, the telcos might find actually that they get much more value by giving the business or the user control of how much they want to charge because they know their market. And that's really what we're trying to talk about in the knowledge economy. Give the user control and actually it could. Profit. it could be profitable for everyone
0: so you are launching the alpha or the, the MVP of the uh, product itself and what features will that have
1: so we're really just focusing purely on email and it's really going to be a case of someone sends an email if they are not using a Uping account or someone an account using our API. Then when it reaches the recipient, if the recipient has the default preferences set, that message will get bounced back with a small um, requirement to send uh, uh, some tokens. And then once that bounce email comes back, it's then up to the uh, sender to decide if they then want to open an account with us so they can then forward on that email. And when you think about it, it's not a bad marketing proposition because everyone who's sending an email who hits one of our genuine users is going to then get this response back and invite them to log in, have a look, see if they want to set up some crypto. So it's kind of a self-fulfilling uh, marketing strategy.
0: Yeah, exactly, that makes a lot of sense. And will the uh, users purchase the UP the UPing tokens through your site directly, or will they need to go to an exchange to purchase them? And will you have uh, MetaMask interacting with the user or is that still, I, I know these, a lot of these questions are still to be decided, but do you, have you guys decided that or is it still uh, being, you know, in, in the process of being finalized?
1: Yeah, we're still in the process of working out the most efficient way. You know, we've looked at some of these other great platforms out there, you know, like Waves and Bankera and we just need to find the right fit that makes it really convenient. Um, because when you think about you know, if if you really pare it down to what we're providing, you could almost say that for emails, we're a digital stamp, For um, telephone, we're a digital exchange fee. And therefore, we need to be able to convert very quickly from either theatre or another crypto into those so that people can just send digital correspondence and not have to worry about uh, tracking us down in one particular place. Uh, so we're giving a lot of thought to that at the moment. We just want to make it seamless as possible, but obviously maintain the investment that the uh, the investors are making.
0: Yeah, uh, and there's some uh, new products, and uh, we can talk about this after the show. That I can suggest that I've I'm, I've uh, learned offer the ability to purchase cryptos directly through a website, sidestepping the, the cumbersome exchange process. As many people know, we want it let people uh, have the tokens or uh, have uh, ownership of the tokens without having to first go through a lengthy process of going to an exchange and purchasing them. So there are a lot of innovative solutions to that.
1: I'd love to talk about those because we're just looking for that frictionless. I like that term. It should be frictionless. You know, you just want to send an email. You don't need to then spend half an hour signing up for accounts and, you know, et cetera. So... Yeah, that'd be great to have
0: a, a chat with you afterwards. Yeah, and the transaction costs uh, associated with that. So, are you going to be going to the blockchain every time that an email is sent? No. So, uh, the the advantage of the blockchain is it gives
1: us an audit, uh, and it says that counterparty A has contacted counterparty B. That's as far as the blockchain really goes. The other things we get, though, you know, the, the benefits we get. Uh, really a kind of around the crypto as well and it, again it's all about this uh, public private key encryption both the sender and the recipient who have an account with us get to sign a certain bit of information um, so it all kind of ties together we've got the um, the encryption which gives us the um, the security that counterparty A genuinely is counterparty A and counterparty B genuinely did say they, they wanted a certain uh, resolution but that's it Except reject all fee uh, blockchain is our audit uh, which enables us to keep track of things and then obviously the smart contracts are the escrow service so really this technology we uh, couldn't have landed better for us because so we've got the three things that we need um so yeah it was a great revolution
0: yeah for the system-wide architecture a lot of the considerations involve the you know the user experience and you know the blockchain has limitations with uh Latency and transactions per second. So whenever choices can be made to, um, you know, place the you know the experience of the user and to make it a better experience for them, I think you know you need to find that balance between you know going to the the blockchain and asking them to perform a a, some actions on the blockchain, which may take some time, uh, versus just having a lot of things happening in the background so to the to the end user it seems like it's a seamless process and so not everything needs to be uh, sent there absolutely we've spent quite a lot of time looking at the different
1: um, implementations uh, because of the you know when you're in comms you don't get uh, certainly telco you can't have any delays in there so we've done a lot of investigation you know ethereum is great for smart contracts but you know, it's struggling for the performance now. It's not scalable enough. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, we've we've uh, and we continue to look at a best of breed to enable us to get those transactions done uh, as quickly as possible.
0: So, is this going to be an Ethereum token, or are you guys going to? Or, I mean, I think from what I understand, it is an Ethereum token. But will there be? Will you be on another blockchain for, if necessary? Would you transfer over to another blockchain if? If, if, that were, if that were the case, it became preferable to do that?
1: Possibly, but um, I think what we've done at the moment, we've architected the escrow service so that it doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be done. You know, those transactions aren't the uh, in the critical flow. Getting the uh, user's preference agreed and back is uh, the most important thing. Moving um, a payment into escrow um can take a little bit of time and getting a refund can take a little bit of time, but it doesn't actually stop the communication, the communication. It just means that maybe someone's crypto disappears for half an hour and then it might get refunded. So there's a slight delay there, but I think what we're talking about is our kind of our billing would probably stay on Ethereum, but anything that needs super fast access to a blockchain then we're still looking at the technologies that can provide that.
0: Yep, sounds good. Um, so uh, you're going to be in uh, April at the uh, Dubai conference, so if anyone listening is planning to uh, go to that conference as well, uh, uh, Yuping will be there and uh, is, uh, would be available to answer any additional questions, and we'll have comments in the uh, blog channel uh, where and a, a Slack channel where people can uh, reach out to Ian and ask him any of the questions that he has uh, that haven't been asked during this interview. And uh, where can people uh, learn more about your project and uh, uh, contact you?
1: Okay, so if you just go to our website, which is https colon slash slash, and Uping is spelled Y-O-O-P-I-N-G, so dot com. Go there. All the details are there. Um, Like I say, drop us any uh, questions you have. If you are out in Dubai, April 16, 17, at the World Blockchain Forum, uh, we're gold sponsors there. Just drop by and say hi, um, and we'll tell you all about it.
0: Sounds great. Uh so is there anything else uh that we haven't covered that you want to mention uh during the call?
1: I don't think so, Angela. Um, just that we're really, you know, excited about the product and we just want to get it off the ground and uh if any people out there are interested, don't hesitate. We're a friendly bunch, so drop us a drop us a line.
0: Great. Sounds good. It was a pleasure talking to you and we're looking forward to uh, the development of your project and following you closely, and we'd love to have you back on the show, the Bounty Zero X podcast, uh, as your bounty uh, campaign progresses. And just a reminder to the bounty hunters, they can complete the bounties on the platform at alpha.bountyzerox.io. Um, we'll follow up again and uh, wish you the best of luck in the future and uh, the best, most success uh, with the project. So thanks again, grace Angelo, thank you very much for your
1: time.